You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hi, and welcome to Form Now. I'm Taylor Kemp, and with me is Dr. Ben Akers. Dr. Ben Akers, today we are talking about a Catholic saint. St. John Marie Vianney. St. John Marie Vianney, known as the, how do you pronounce it in French? Cure d'Ars. Cure d'Ars. Which, which just means parish priest. Parish priest. So of he, Ars, France. Of Ars, France. He is a very well-known priest. Uh, he is a very well-known saint who is a priest, uh, and we are excited to be talking about him today uh, in our conversation. This is also something that you can listen to on podcasts. So what do we need to know about St. John Marie Vianney? I can't do him justice in the short time that we have this conversation, but I'm hoping to intrigue you and... Listener, to I'm ready to, to be develop a, to to develop a relationship with Saint John Maria Vianney. Yes, he uh, is known as the Cure de Ars. That's one of his titles. You might have seen that written somewhere, as we said. Or he's also the patron saint of parish priests. Okay, so he was declared a parish saint of. So if uh, your parish priest, this is why I wanted to talk to him, uh, talk about him, mm-hmm. is we all have parish priests. We're all been blessed right. with priests and associate priests. He is their patron. Okay. So you know, there's different patron saints of married couples, yes. there's patron saints of kids and scholars and students, and he is the patron saint of parish priests. So clearly there is something about the way that he lived out his Christian witness Yes, that was something that was um, a model for a parish priest. So so what about him? Yes, so his date, him? so I, what I think we could do is go historically through yes, and please. see why he can yep. be an example. When did he live? So he lived in 1786 is the year he was born until 1859. So okay. 1786 to 1859, he's born in France. He is born while the French Revolution is going on. Mm, tumultuous time. Tumultuous time, where he, you know, they you couldn't find priests because the priests were put on trial. They're, you know, they're being uh-huh. dis- parishes are being disbanded. Religious sisters are having to go into hiding, and so he grew up going to masses. His very devout Catholic family, and uh, they went and found masses, which was illegal at the time, mm. to so they could raise their kids Catholic. Okay. And so he actually had his first communion when he was 13 years old in wow. someone's kitchen. Wow. It was like, this is like the home masses where yeah, yeah, the shades yeah. are drawn so you can't it's see like the candles. like some early church stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so he grew up seeing priests as heroes. That's cool. Yeah. The, you these should. are, yeah. You should all it, see priests as heroes. Yes. Exactly. Well, and, and this is another thing that I wanted to mention is that we have, you know, unfortunately, the news always highlights the bad yeah, right. priests or priests failing yeah. in their vocation. He's a great model for a good faithful priest, and we want to pray for our priests, who are often very good models to us, and great models as well. It's also a time like that when it, it's it's not easy to be a priest in the middle of the French Revolution, where people are being dragged off, um, where you're. it's going to kind of purify uh, the priesthood too, where yeah. it's going to only draw the people who are like, I'm in it for the right reasons, because it's going to be costly no matter what. Um, and I feel like today we're moving more into that time. It's not easy to be a priest today, and so I think we will see a... Uh, a we already are seeing uh, many heroic priests, but we'll continue to see them. Yeah, joining for the right reason, not just for, you know, three warm meals, a, you know, yeah, a right, bed, a pension, a, a, a pension and, yep. all these things, uh, job security. You know, he was a heroic, and so many of our priests are heroic. So wanted, if we de- develop a relationship to him to pray for our own priests... Um, What's neat about his growing up is that he was also just a very good, faithful son. He was four of six children, and so the family needed help at home on the mm-hmm. farm. So he just served on the farm, mm. and uh, so he his education was delayed, mm-hmm. 
And so this is going to play into, he wanted to be a priest. He mm -hmm. saw them as heroes. He thought the Lord was calling to be a priest when he was young. And his parents gave him permission, but he's now 17, 18 years old and doesn't know how to read. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Doesn't have a good education. Mm -hmm. And so he was sent to a nearby abbey, and the priest was, was so kind and patient to him. Mm. So another good example of a priest in his yeah. life who was patient. Everyone said, no, give up on him. He's not going to, he's too old. Yeah. He didn't figure it out. And this priest was able to convince the bishop that he uh, was a good and holy man, and it made up for some of his ignorance. Mm. And, so, and and the bishop believed him. He was he was ordained a priest, and he was sent to a little town in Ars, mm -hmm. France, named Ars, France. About two hundred thirty people wow. in the village. Okay, and he walks in the village, and his, the bishop said, "Look, there there's no faith here. Mm. You need to put the faith mm -hmm. into this town. This is your task." Wow. You need to show them the love of Christ. Yeah. So he goes there and he devotes himself and becomes an incredible success in terms of religious success at this parish. So this tiny little parish, what he's facing besides the, it's now okay to be Catholic, the Concordat in, in, um, under Napoleon allowed the Catholic Church to return to France. Okay. But what he's encountering is a village that didn't have a priest. Mm -hmm. And so there's religious indifference. Mm-hmm. There's lots of uh, their Sundays were spent working and you know doing you know, watching NFL football, watching <laughs> NFL football, <laughs> or they were watching soccer. It's 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 France, well, even so they watch soccer. Yes, yes. Okay. but like not spending their not, Sundays not spending time on Sundays in church worship. And yeah. so that was his primary task. Yep. And so he saw so his pastoral plan, if we're going to look at it, yeah, in terms of a pastoral plan that we can imitate, is that he devoted himself to the Eucharist. Mm. So the way he celebrated Mass, mm -hmm. uh, the way he celebrated Mass, he, he had intimate communion with Christ in prayer, especially his great love and devotion for the Eucharist, which led to preaching about confession, which led to conversions of people going to confession and devotion to Mary. So if I had a pastoral plan, I, I have some stories related to those themes, but it'd be the Eucharist, it would be returning people to the mercy of God in the sacrament of confession and devotion to Our Lady. It's a good pastoral plan. Yeah. One that can be taken up by anybody. I mean, something, as as you're talking about um, St. John Vianney, there's something very humble about him, clearly, um, and, and also very simple. Like, I was even thinking about his education before it was, so to speak, like, formalized. Uh, but he, he probably, on the farm, had what you would consider like an education in virtue of like of a disciplined way about going about your life, yeah. um, wasn't super well educated and then took up these modes of holiness um, that are very, yeah, you, yeah, it's a, it's a good model. No, no, yeah. And he was taught, as you mentioned, he was taught by his parents this way. His mm -hmm. parents were very devout, you know, going heroically trying to get their children to mass and to mm -hmm. the sacraments. And so he was, he knew all his prayers by heart because mm -hmm. his mom and dad taught him his prayers. And that's what he was praying in the field. Yeah. So you don't have book smarts. He yeah. had the, yeah, the yeah. incredible heart of love for, for Christ. Yeah. It's all, it, it's amazing. So he goes there and, uh, you know, he does incredible penances. So, his priesthood is marked with a love for God mm -hmm. uh, by, you know, hours of devotion. He kind of, you know, one of his biographers says that he, instead of living in the rectory, he lived in the church. Mm. You know, he lived in the rectory too. But the idea was that yeah. his parishioners always knew that he'd be in the church. But he actually went out and met the parishioners at their home, was always visiting the sick, mm. bringing the sacraments to the dying. He was going and bringing people that were not going to church and encouraging them to return to church. He started a, a incredible an orphanage, we might call it today, a house for women mm. um, that were abandoned by their families. And he, to, and he just raised money for them. He said, you know, I would give everything away. He, so he lived poverty, chastity, obedience, even though he was mm -hmm. a diocesan priest and didn't need to do that. Those are marked in his life as well. He's such a model of priesthood that actually Pope Benedict 
the 16th declared a year of priests, if you remember this, from 2009 to 2010, and he started it on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. the year, the 150th anniversary of John Vianney's death. That's cool. To show, like, he is the model for um, for priests today. Well, yeah, you he, look, and he's a saint for our times today. A saint like for our times, someone yeah. who's going out to the unchurched. Yeah, someone who is trying to um, be the light of Christ in, in the midst of uh, salt of the earth. He's trying to bring this into a people, and 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 our American culture is growing much more in need of that. Well, one of the interesting things that Pope Benedict said in his declaring the year of the priest connected to Saint John Vianney's uh, death anniversary is that he said that the age of Vianney would have been marked with a, the dictatorship of rationalism. So okay. that means you know coming outside of, uh, of the French Revolution, the idea of the French Revolution was to get rid of the church. It's an oppressive regime, is in their words. And what they did was they turned Notre Dame, the, the beautiful cathedral yep. of Notre Dame, uh, they they put a prostitute and they dressed her up and they called her Lady Wisdom, the you know Lady yeah. Reason, and they put her they turned Notre Dame into a the church into horse stalls and it was just a terrible place of debauchery so blasphemy and def, def, sacrilege towards the church and so what Pope Benedict says is his age was marked by this age of rational dictatorship of rationalism which is I can figure out everything on my own without any reference to God right that that's how powerful reason is yeah and reason is powerful. It is. There's even higher wisdom and knowledge that's given to us in divine revelation. Right. And so what John Vianney does is brings that to that religious indifference and this, you know, even religious failure in religious education and brings God's word to the people. Yeah. And that's the antidote to facing that. What Pobenic says is we're living in a dictatorship of relativism, yep. which again says that your truth is your truth and my truth. There's no universal truth. Yep. And so we can use him as a model of return to the basics, return to the Eucharist, return to confession, return to a devotion to Mary. And these are ways to combat the, the errors that we face in our age. When you think about St. Paul says not in eloquence of speech is he convincing people of the gospel, but um, the power of Jesus Christ crucified. And you can see too in John Vianney, like he's not... He's not battling with the rationalists on the grounds of like coming up with a better argument, even though those exist. Yeah. Like in the simplicity of his priesthood, and and you can imagine by this witness of like tremendous authentic love, yeah. uh, that that is changing hearts, and that that is something that is needed today. And the dictatorship of relativism um, is that there is an indifference, and even if with the best arguments, they often fall short. And that the most powerful thing we can do is be witnesses of the of a of a divine kind of love uh, that is flowing through us, and and can really like just make it. A huge impact on people's lives. Yeah, and you can't give what you don't have. So right. if uh, if we don't have an intimate relationship with Christ in prayer, um, we can't teach other people oh, that. Yeah. And so that's why he's a great model of priesthood: is a priest who's completely conformed to Christ, um, even the suffering Christ. That is how he will transform his parish. Yeah. So Saint John Vianney starts with two hundred thirty people in his village. By the end of his priesthood, as he's approaching death. He had on average twenty thousand people that oh would visit goodness. the visit the town, right? So we have priests that have platforms and they do a wonderful job of like getting the word out of you know they, they share the good news of that they're preaching, but this is you know the eighteen fifties yeah, and the no word is getting phones, out yeah. about there's a holy priest and people were making pilgrimages wow. to go to confession to him. So he would hear confessions from in the summer, you know, in the winter for, for 11 hours a day. During the summer hours, where it's lighter outside, somewhere, you know, almost 16 to 18 hours a That's day, he was hearing confession. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's like, no, I cannot imagine He could read that. souls. Yeah. He knew wow. it, people in line, you know, who were like, who would come back and wait in line for a long time. Sometimes he would just kind of come out and like tell somebody something in line yeah. that they were really thinking about. Um, 
there's some incredible stories of where uh, he would just lived a life of austere penance. He said, look, my people that go to confession, they can't do all the penance that's related to their sins. He says, I need to do some of the penance. So he would yeah. make up extreme penance. He would be, could participate in penances for the sake of the penitents. Wow. He says, how can we expect people to, you know, how do we expect to be conformed to Christ who shed his blood for us if we too aren't willing to, wow. to save our people by, you know, giving up that much of wow. ourselves? So he would boil, at the beginning of the week, he would boil a seven potatoes, <laughs> and he would eat one potato a day. Oh my gosh, yes. And just let the other six sit in the pot, right, for the rest of the day. So you know, day six is probably not a great taste in <laughs> potato. Um, wow. People would, so the, the, the rectory was very connected, was right next to the church, but even walking from the rectory to the church, he couldn't do it because people wanted to stop him and touch him wow. and talk to him. And so he would take medals that he had blessed, and then he'd come out of the door and he'd throw medals in the oh, opposite geez. direction, and people would go chase the medal, and then he would run to the confessional. <laughs> just, just a hilarious <laughs> He's a celebrity, yes. right. Um, also, one of the interesting things, one of my favorite stories is that there was a priest that was nearby that was jealous. So instead okay. of imitating him in his mm. love for Christ, love for the people, and hearing their confessions, he got jealous of his success, and so he started a petition to the bishop saying, look, John Vianney didn't go through all the school he was supposed to go through, so he's not very yeah. smart. You should not let him be a priest. Yeah. And so his petition was going around. St. John Vianney heard the petition was going around, found it, and signed it. He said, yeah, I, should, I shouldn't be a priest anymore. I shouldn't be a priest in this parish anymore. Yeah, kind of this humor of the saints. So yeah, like, that he's reminds like, me of St. Philip yeah, He would right. do something like that. He's yeah. like, all right, if that's what the bishop wants, yeah. Yeah, that's, I'll do it. But the, of course, the bishop did not want that. Um, it was even incredible. At his death, the bishop celebrated the Mass, and 300 p- priests come, came wow. to celebrate his funeral, <clears throat> plus a full, you know, overflowing church. Uh, one of the things that marks John Vianney's life, too, is his interactions with the evil one, the devil. Yeah, okay. And uh, he was tortured. So you see all the hours that he's in confession, celebrating Mass, praying, he only slept one or two hours a night and because the devil would torment him at night. Gosh, yeah. So he would torment him with herring voices, cat noises. Remember we talked about cats? <laughs> <laughs> like it. Um, it, it, I'm not making it up. That's real. Um, and then the devil would taunt him in evil voices, you know, uh, Vianney, Vianney, potato eater. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, um, he, the the evil one even set his bed on fire one night. I've heard that, yeah. Uh, there's a story about where these, um, he asked for four strong, the four strongest men in the village to come to his, like, you know, to, they didn't believe, you know, people didn't always believe him. And so he's like, great, four, four strongest people. And the men were, were were challenged to hold the bed down while the devil was like throwing it around the room, and they couldn't. They ran away screaming. Like, wow. but John Vianney knew that the power of Christ's cross was was more powerful than the devil, and uh, he just you know would not let him um, disturb his peace. His mm-hmm. you know f- by physical harm and emotional psychological terror that the demon was trying to impress on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the devil actually told John Vianney, he said, if there are three priests like you, my kingdom would be destroyed. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's how powerful I mean, that's an incredible story, yeah. right? Like that is... So when you think about that, when the devil said, if there were three priests such as yourself, my, my kingdom would be destroyed. Like, obviously, we're going to be speculating to some extent, but what do you think it is about St. John Vianney that is that made his priesthood so powerful. Like, obviously, we've talked about some of these things, but yeah. if, what what do you think are the things that make him such a, a, a powerful priest? I think I think really the, the his intimate union with Christ mm-hmm. in prayer, his love for the, our Lord in the Eucharist, the way they celebrated Mass, they said that his eyes just changed mm. when he would hold the host up at celebrating Mass. He just a man completely transfixed and in love with the Lord. And I think the devil hated him so much because he was an instrument of mercy. 
of God's mercy. Yeah. I mean, eleven to eighteen hours of confession in a day. Yeah, and his, his you know, heroically freeing giving people. God's birth, freeing from the the bonds of yeah. Satan. I think that's why he was so hated. Yeah, was his love for our Lord in the Eucharist, and then all the penances that attach for it, yeah, uh, attached to really... that. That he was willing to make to unite his life to Christ suffering on the cross. Yep. Yeah, I, I also, I always like, uh, when you think about the Beatitudes, the first one is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Um, and you can interpret that in a bunch of different ways, but one of them is basically, it's a the the entry into the Beatitudes, which is kind of the roadmap of the Christian life, is humility, um, that God can do so much with a humble soul. And I feel like when you hear his story, like mm. he comes from a farm, mm-hmm. um, he was behind in his studies, he was sent to this kind of backwater town. Uh, he's got his own, you know, he has a brother priest nearby who wants him out of the job. And he's like, okay, (laughs) like there's obviously, this is a soul, uh, who recognizes that any of the work that is being done is by the power of Christ and not his own. And, uh, just how much can be done in that. Um, and also it's something that I feel like you always need reminders of, like you always need reminders to get out of God's way, to know that the work is not your own, that all of the fruits of it are not your own and that he's such a great testament to, I always think of him as like this very simple priest yeah. who did unbelievable things. Um, and that that came by way of his simplicity in a sense, like this this great humility, which is kind of a gateway into just being a vessel for God uh, in the world today. And putting and, and he was where the Lord asked him to, he, he wasn't seeking yeah. certain positions. and, <laughs> he wasn't and trying people to be a bishop. In, right. And then I always think of David in the Old Testament where because the temptation is to seek success and worldly right. recognition, and the you know when David was going to be anointed king, his own father didn't invite him to the yeah, to the anointing. He's doing and, his job, yeah. and he's but God knew David was in the field. Yeah, God knew where John Vianney was, and John was faithful where he was, and the Lord poured the graces out and used him as an instrument to transform ours, and then to as a model for us today in our conversations. He's got this wonderful quotation where he says, "The priesthood is the love of the heart of Christ." Mm. And he re- repeated off to show what a great. He said, "Look, who brought you into this world, you know, as in a spiritual way? The priest. Yeah. Who forgives you your sins? The priest. Who takes bread and turns it into the body of Christ? He said, the priest. He said, the priest accompanies you at every moment of your life. He said, what a gift from God yeah. to give us priests. Yep. And so he wanted to be that model of priest. Here he lived that life of priesthood, in an imitation of Christ, the, the great priest and good shepherd." Um, I, I developed a rela- relationship with him. He's, there's some great biographies. If you want to look up this, those stories I was sharing, like they come from those biographies. Um, but uh, the seminary here in, in Denver, Colorado, where I worked before I worked at the Augustus Institute, St. John Vianney Theological yep. Seminary. So a seminary, a place where we form priests to be modeled after yeah. and named after St. John Vianney. Uh, in 2018, St. John Vianney's re- heart... Uh-huh. Was touring. Yeah, yeah I, I went saw. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Was touring here in, in um, around the United States, and uh, my son, my youngest son, now three, turns out fine. The story, but he was sick at the time and we weren't sure exactly what was happening. He was going to need surgery. Um, but we were blessed to, to pray in front of Saint John Vianney. But many people around the United States, when he was visiting at different people parts that had heard of uh, what was happening with my son, prayed in front of Saint wow. John Vianney. So it was really powerful. I'm yeah. very grateful to him because I, th- I do think that he was had his hand in. That's amazing. Yeah. That yeah, that really is. The saints are wonderful friends. Well, and I love that the heart traveled because he had such a heart for God. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's he like, shows us the heart of a priest and he, who loves God, and loves his, really loves great. us, and and um, yeah, to remind us to always have our heart on the Lord. And I'd say if I had to think of something, you know, what do we take away from this as lay people looking yeah. at a holy priest? Is 
we want to thank our priests. Yeah, that's right. It's a hard position. We, you know, we again the media puts out the bad examples, but we know our parish priests, and we may be blessed with a great priest and praise the Lord. We might be blessed with a bad priest. Praise the Lord. Now we have to do sacrifices and penances yeah. for them. Pray for them because the devil hates them so much because of what they do. Yeah, that's true. Consecrating bread in their hands. Forgiving us. Forgiving us of our sins, yep. bringing us into life eternal with the, the sacraments at the end of our life and in baptism. Yep. And so to really pray for our priests, they are in particular under attack and use Saint John ask St. John Vianney's intercession for that. Yep, for sure. And then uh, his, his kind of pastoral program of Eucharistic devotion, prayer, confession, and a Marian devotion is just, you're not going to go wrong uh, with any of those. Yep. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Akers. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We pray that these uh, Catholic saint uh, shows... Uh, and podcasts can help us all grow in our friendship with the saints and, and maybe make some new friends and, and intercessors. So thank you so much, and God bless. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.